Russell Wilson is Denver bound. Aaron Rodgers, well, he's staying put. But who won the deal? Broncos or Seahawks? And which signal caller could be on the move next? We'll dive into all of that and more on a special edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, NFL fans? I'm James Rapine. Welcome into a Wednesday edition and breaking news edition of Locked On NFL. Tony Wiggins going to join me in the second and third segments. And I must say, this is a quarterback-packed show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, especially with so many awesome news stories going on. We are here for you wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube as well. We're free and available every single day. So regardless of what happens, we got you covered here on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast. And let's dive into this trade. First, let's talk about the trade itself. Russell Wilson, who, look, let's be honest, we knew that there was a chance he would get traded. But I think most people uh, that cover the team, I know our guy Corbin Smith with Locked On Seahawks, was surprised that the deal went down today, that it went down this offseason. It felt like things had cooled off, tensions had cooled off in Seattle well, it appears like that is not the case, and it wasn't the case, and that these negotiations, these trade discussions between the Broncos and the Seahawks had been going on for quite some time, over uh, a couple of weeks, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. And so let's dive into the compensation, and then, of course, I got to give you a winner in this trade, and I think it's obvious. Maybe you don't, but to me, uh, let's look at the, the package itself. Denver, they get Russell Wilson, nine-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, 33-year-old quarterback, coming off of one of his uh, worst years, let's be honest, one of his worst seasons uh, in the NFL. Um, but they, they get Russell Wilson. They also get a fourth-round pick. On the flip side, Seattle gets Drew Locke. They get a tight end in Noah Fant, who's really athletic, like his game. Shelby Harris, a defensive lineman who could really be a good piece of that interior defensive line. Makes a lot of sense. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. And I saw some of the reaction on Twitter initially, uh, in, in not from a specific fan base, because Seahawks fans upset, and I, I don't blame you, Seahawks fans. You, you lose a guy like Russell Wilson, it's hard to feel like you won. And yet there's a lot of people, to me, that are kind of shouting from the mountaintops, oh, my God, Denver paid what? For Russell Wilson, that guy, did you see him last year? They only had seven wins. Russell Wilson didn't look like the same guy. There's no way, and that's where I'm not buying it because the Denver Broncos absolutely won this trade, 100% won this trade. Well, what do you mean? Two first, two seconds, a fifth, a really, really good defensive lineman, a tight end that could be, who knows, maybe Pro Bowl talent, but certainly an athletic tight end that could be really, really good. And Drew Locke, who, let's be honest, is just this added bonus that really isn't a bonus at all. He's just kind of thrown into the deal. And uh, it's almost like in the, a fantasy football trade, you ask for a little bit more just to feel better about the deal when you're giving up the star. Look, this is, to me feels like an NBA trade. And who knows what those picks turn into. Maybe those two first rounders are going to turn into something good. Right? Maybe. But to me, in the, the logic and the rule of thumb in the NBA is you never want to be the one trading the star. Why? Because it's really hard to get uh, a bunch of nickels and dimes and get it to, to add up to a dollar and get equal parts. 
It may feel that way, but then you get on the court and it's like, oh man, you're missing something. And that's why Washington was reportedly in on this deal too. The Washington Commanders, they don't have a quarterback. They're desperate for a quarterback. And when you don't have a star in the NBA or you don't have a star quarterback in the NFL, well, guess what? You search everywhere. You do whatever you can. You don't leave a stone unturned. And so when the Denver Broncos pulled the trigger on this trade and got the deal done, well, they instantly became winners, 100%. Anytime you can get an elite quarterback and you move on from a Teddy Bridgewater, nice guy, fine player, more of a backup than a star, or even really a starter, I would say, for most of his career, certainly post-injury. Drew Locke, definitely a backup, and I don't think anybody in Seattle today is excited about adding Drew Locke to their roster and excited about the potential that Locke brings. And who knows, right? Maybe Seattle uses this and takes those two firsts and those two seconds, and they send them out into the world because they are known to be aggressive and maybe they go get Deshaun Watson or maybe they go get a quarterback that I'll mention later in the show. Maybe something like that happens. But as of right now on the surface, Seattle and 72-year-old Pete Carroll appear to be going into a rebuild. It's not a great draft class for quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe they take Malik Willis and I like his physical ability and I like his not just his ability to run his arm. He's got a strong arm. Maybe it is a guy like Desmond Ritter who I covered in Cincinnati and got to watch really closely and uh, can certainly run uh, at a high level, can process things pretty well, but the accuracy concerns me some. And the point is, is there's no Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence that you're going to be able to just move up for and feel really, really good about going into week one next year in this draft. So to me, it's, it's the Broncos. They instantly become Super Bowl contenders, instantly. Because the best part about this trade, and six minutes into the show, of course, that's when I decide to, to bring up the best part. Well, it's Russell Wilson, but it's what they have around Russell Wilson. They have receivers. They have running backs. They have talent that, that can win now. And, and when you have that, and, and you can say, all right, yeah, we're going to give up a lot, but if we make these moves, we're going to have dynamic playmakers around Russell Wilson. We're going to have a guy that can go off script. We like our offensive line. We like our defense and our ability to get after the passer. When you say all of those things, then why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you make this move for Russell Wilson, who is coming off of a down year? But, you know, I look at these wide receivers, and Jerry Judy tweeted about it, but Jerry Judy's on a rookie contract. Tim Patrick, they extended him. Cortland Sutton, they extended him. K.J. Hamler, a burner, is under a rookie deal, and he's coming back from injury. But that's four deep. That's four deep. Cortland Sutton loved him before his injury, and he came back, and he showed flashes at the end of last year, and I think he's going to be even better now with Wilson. Tim Patrick, like him a lot, especially as a red zone threat. He's a big physical receiver. And Jerry Judy is just a technician, man. And then you got a guy, a burner in K.J. Hamler. The AFC is absolutely loaded. And the Broncos are right there in the mix with the top teams in the AFC, right? So the Bengals are the defending AFC champions. You're telling me the Broncos can't contend with the Bengals? Absolutely they can. You're telling me, let's just look at the division because it is a tough division. I know a lot of people have reacted that way, right? The Chargers, well, they're behind the Broncos now and they have some catching up to do in my eyes because the biggest difference between the two teams is quarterback play. The rest of the roster, I like the Broncos roster. And so, man, I mean, you got uh, Sertain on the outside on a rookie deal. Uh, so you have good cornerback play. You have a pass rush with Bradley Chubb and company. 
I'm just saying. And Von, Von Miller, by the way, was flirting with the Broncos. So who knows? You never know. Maybe uh, they make a run there at him. But I, I just look up and down this roster, and, you know, Kansas City's going to be right there, right? A lot of these teams, these AFC teams, should be there for a while. The Bengals should be right there. Uh, but this Broncos team is not only in the mix now, because they were in the mix for the playoffs last year. They are, they have to be in the conversation for AFC champions and, and, and to contend for an AFC title and a Super Bowl. And anytime you can get there, regardless of what it costs, anytime you can put yourself in that conversation and do it for the foreseeable future, which is what I think the, the Broncos did on Tuesday, you do it. So it's a great move um, by this team, by, by the, the front office and by George Payton, the general manager, who you knew was trying to strike big. And when that Aaron Rodgers news came down, it was like, well, what are the Broncos going to do? And I'm going to talk about that Aaron Rodgers news with my guy Tony Wiggins next because, well, he's got some beef with the way Rodgers has been treated recently. I understand it, but I also have some beef with Aaron Rodgers. We'll dive into that. And if the Packers will actually win a Super Bowl after Signing Aaron Rodgers or agreeing reportedly to a four-year, $200 million record-setting deal. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. My favorite protein bar. I eat them every single day. Why? Well, they're protein-packed. And they're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. And they're covered in 100% chocolate. So they taste like a candy bar. And so whether you're like me and you want that post-workout protein punch, maybe you just want a healthy midday snack while you're working from home and you don't grab the chips or something else, well, Built Bar is there for you. Or if you need to just store it in your car and you're going in and out of meetings or you're traveling and you need a, something on the go, Built Bar is there for you. So check them out right now at Built.com and you're going to get 15% off right now with promo code LOCKED15. It's the best protein bar on the planet. You will not regret it. Check them out right now at Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Aaron Rodgers got his bag. Aaron Rodgers becomes mm -hmm. the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. Four years, $200 million with a whopping $153 million guarantee. The questions that people kept asking are, were horrendous. They were saying, where else is he going to go that he can challenge and win for a title? Um, my question was, who else was Green Bay going to get that gives them a better chance to win a title than Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP of the NFL? Yeah, that's I think what it boils down to, right? They clearly aren't as confident as Jordan Love as they were when they drafted him. And, and that was looking back in hindsight and really even at the time felt like a, a bad pick and it's cost them. But Aaron Rodgers, back to back MVPs, they've restructured their front office. He certainly gets along well with Matt LaFleur. And so uh, this it makes a lot of sense. But here's my question, because they're going to franchise tag. Uh, Devonte Adams. By the time you hear this, he'll be tagged. How do they get better? How are you going to get better? And I know his cap numbers dropping, and that's going to allow them to tag Adams, and it's going to uh, maybe give them a little flexibility in the coming years, and all of those things. But we're talking about a team that, yeah, has a great quarterback that's been in the NFC title game time and time again, didn't get there last year. How do they get over the hump now? And so let me ask you this, Tony, four years, 200 million, 153 million guaranteed. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers wins another Super Bowl in Green Bay? If the over under the bet online odds were at 0.5 Super Bowls over the next four years, would you take the over? Would you take the under? 
What's what's the over or the under? Is it a half or one? Yeah, yeah, half. Point five Super Bowl. No, no, yeah, I, I, I'd absolutely take it. I, I'd risk it right now. And the reason why is because they aren't far off. They haven't been far off his entire career, right? And mm -hmm. the way I, I, I look at this is, and I know there are people that, that are on TV every day that yell a lot, that say certain things. Um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anything else to prove. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. You know who won one Super Bowl while he was in Indy and he was already a Hall of Famer before he left to go to Denver? Peyton. Nobody's saying that about him. What are we saying about Drew Brees? We 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 were kissing Drew Brees and sending him off and he's one of the great. Nobody said, what are we saying about Brett Favre? All of these guys that won one championship with their, with their franchise, the, the, the primary franchise that they played. But all mm -hmm. of a sudden, Aaron becomes this guy that because he said he was immunized, immunized as opposed as opposed to saying that he was vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I think people have this agenda against the guy. Just think about it like this. Last summer everybody kind of felt sorry for Aaron Rodgers. He was hosting Jeopardy and two two years ago people were getting mad because you mean to tell me in two straight drafts they took Jordan Love and AJ Dillon and they didn't get this guy any wide receivers. They're not helping him. You know uh -huh. it, it, so so all of a sudden now because a guy sort of has some little quirkiness about him that when you get behind the veil, you don't like him. And now you start to paint narratives about his career. Oh, he better win another championship. Hogwash. Super Bowls are hard to win, man. Drew Brees mm -hmm. would have a boatload of them if they weren't. Brett Favre would have a boatload of them if they weren't. Phillip Rivers would have a Super Bowl if they weren't hard to do. This is where people take their personal stuff. I saw somewhere recently where he was like the most disliked guy in the NFL. Really? It's because he has a different judgment than you do about uh, something that really polarized our entire country that none mm -hmm. of us expected to happen. I, I don't think that about this dude, man. The bottom line, man, is this guy can flat out play. Uh, you can't accuse the Packers of not giving him weapons at wide receiver and then not also bring that up. You can't look past the fact that their uh, their special teams coach was terrible. You can't look past the fact that they played most of the year, if not all of it, without Jair Alexander, who's one of the three best corners in the league. I don't think they have to do much, James, when you say how could they get better? Healthy Jair Alexander, or Jair Alexander, better special teams play. Guys continue and develop, continue to do what they have done because contrary to what people believe in those two picks, they've really drafted well with both of those corners, Rashawn Gary, all of their offensive linemen. They have – They've had they were banged up on the offensive line. Get healthy and come back and take another swing at it. That's what they need to do. All right. I'm gonna start with the Aaron Rodgers dislike because I don't like Aaron Rodgers. And it has nothing to do with vaccinated, immunized. Right. Uh, honestly, I don't give a damn and, and, and about the shot. And that's I, fair, I, it, right. It's don't care about it. You know what I don't like? Yeah, out of anybody, anyone, really any relationship that you have, whether it's a significant other, a friend, or anything, if you're needy, mm. I can't deal with you. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have time for it. I get it. People have go through tough times and then you need something, but Aaron Rodgers isn't going through a tough time over the past couple of years being in green Bay. And you just named all the reasons why he should be excited and, and have the best uh, chance of potentially winning a, another super bowl. And yet it just seems like drama continues to follow him and has followed him uh, really since the Mike McCarthy days. And he uh, forces McCarthy out fine. Looks like he got that right. And, and from there on, it's just there's a lot of drama that goes alongside it. And so that's the part of it with Rodgers uh, where I'm at. And here's the other thing. All those quarterbacks you mentioned, 
Peyton, Drew Brees. Uh, you mentioned a couple other ones, Philip Rivers. Um, outside of Peyton Manning, and maybe even Peyton, but probably outside of Peyton Manning, because I have Aaron Rodgers below Peyton Manning on my all-time greats list. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be better than all of them. Yeah, if if you ask the the average fan or even the uh, you know just non-biased sports fan or NFL fan, who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? I think from a football standpoint, they would say Aaron Rodgers. And Saints fans are going to cringe that I said that, but I think that's the the reality. No, you're right. That, that, you're right. That that we're looking at right. So my standard is higher, and so this was his chance, his decision to maybe go to Denver, go the Peyton route, get another Super Bowl because that's a damn good roster. We've talked about that. Or run it back, but here's what the the past couple of years have taught me. They're not good enough. For whatever reason, they're not. So how do they get better? And that's the part. Hopefully, whatever meetings they had to get this deal done, and I'm if I'm a Packers fan, you're happy that the deal's done. What else can you do to get uh, an explosive receiver or the tight end that they want? Or maybe it is defense. Maybe it is some uh, a piece that you don't necessarily associate with the quarterback that is going to get them over the hump. Because the last thing you want in sports is an aging roster and you're overly relying on Devontae Adams, who's getting older and you don't have anybody else. And I'm not saying Adams isn't, you know, has missed a step or has lost a step. He's still the great best receiver in the league. Right. But at some point you need something else. You need another threat. Look at the two Super Bowl teams. They had threats all over the place. So that's, uh, that's the part of it. How do they get better? Because I'm not convinced this is a Super Bowl team. Um, because it was pretty predictable that the 49ers were going to be able to beat Dallas. And if they got Green Bay, beat Green Bay. I, I was not shocked by that. And, I'm gonna, and, I, I'm, so, I, and, so, and I don't think they were that great, especially at the quarterback position. So so let me, let me answer the question. I do think Aaron Rodgers is one of the three best quarterbacks I've ever seen. Probably two. And I'm just talking Behind about – uh, Brady, and, and I'm talking about his ability to throw the football, <laughs> manipulate where he places the ball, the fact that he doesn't turn it over and he throws a lot of touchdowns. So uh, the eyeball test combined with the numbers tells me that he's right there. The other part of it you're right about, though. Here's what I think they could do, and he could help them with this. But it's not about taking less money. It is about a little bit of less reliance on him. It is about the fact that when you play the way that they play because of how great he is, mm -hmm. naturally you're not tough because everything's finesse. Everything's about his ability to place the ball, throw the ball. And then you get into inclement weather and then you got a team like the 49ers that know they don't have a quarterback that can go toe to toe with him. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to, no pun intended, they're going to Debo you to death. They're going to punch you in the mouth. And mm -hmm. when we saw Green Bay the year before, it looked like they ain't had no sand in their pocket. It looked like you could absolutely take them behind the woodshed and just start gut punching them. And at some point, all of that other stuff and all that pretty boy stuff was going to go away. They could be a little tougher. I think they tried to do it when they got uh, Dylan in the draft too, as that big running back. I think they have to do it. They have to go a step further and they have to change the mentality that nobody's going to come in here and punch them in the face and out tough them in games. And I, and I, and I don't know if that's an overnight process and maybe Aaron could help with that. But like you said, he is a little bit needy. All I would, all, only thing I'll challenge on that before we uh, talk about uh, Bilt Bar, the only thing I'll challenge about him being needy is this. We didn't know he was needy until we went behind the veil. 
every now and then when we want to enjoy people on the surface, the second we start going into their business and then what happens is they start getting the media attention. They say, well, they're going to say this stuff about me anyway. I might as well go out and go on the show every single week and give people what I want them to have as opposed to have them guessing. Sometimes we don't like what we see personality wise. Sometimes it's just meant for us to enjoy what we see on the court or on the field. But when we take that deep dive behind there, we may not like the guy. So I don't know if we're asking too much to like guys uh, behind the veil too much as opposed to just liking what they do on the field. That's just my spill on it. Because I try not to take anything with these athletes personally. Nothing. Because I only enjoy them for what they do on the field for, for the most part. And then I applaud them when they do good stuff off the field. But that's just me. However, there may be uh, this may be a situation where you find more quarterbacks available, veteran quarterbacks, especially since there's no – uh, some people think one, maybe Kenny Pickett, one guy who's ready to play, another guy, Malik Willis, uh, at the quarterback position who might not be ready to play, but he's so good of an athlete, you have to put him on the field and he'll figure it out. But teams may want to draft a bit of a buffer. They may want to get a quarterback and then sign a buffer. Who better to sign than a veteran quarterback with a big name? And we'll talk about that in segment number three here on Locked On NFL. Full disclosure, Tony. It just so our listeners are, are very aware. I thought I was coming in today with a take. <clears throat> I thought I was coming in. I was like, man, my, my chest was out when we started recording. I'm like, all right, right before we record, I have something for you, Tony. We have mm -hmm. to talk about quarterbacks that could be on the move because Aaron Rodgers obviously isn't on the move, and there are teams that want quarterbacks. And I have the guy that no one is talking about. It's not Jimmy G. It's not Russell Wilson. It's not insert whoever, you know, uh, Carson Wentz or – uh, Jameis Winston, and you guessed it right away. It's I Matt Ryan. It. Matt right. Ryan gets right. the hell out of Atlanta. They need to move him. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make any sense anyways. They need to tear it all the way down after the Calvin Ridley stuff. And even before that, it's not like a receiver impacts you that damn much. But to me, man, the Broncos, Matt Ryan makes a lot of sense there. Yes. Washington Commanders, Matt Ryan makes a lot of sense there. Mm -hmm. There are teams Tampa Bay Buccaneers in division, probably not, but you Carolina, know, Carolina, but you got to get rid. You can't, you can't put them in a division, Carolina, New Orleans, like all three of them. Right. Really? I mean, if, if, they, if they needed a quarterback, but um, you know, and, and if you think Matt Ryan's done, I guess you could do that. Once upon a time, the Eagles did that with Donovan McNabb in Washington and uh, the Eagles came out on top. But point being Matt Ryan should be the top available quarterback right now. He's better than Jimmy G and he's gotten to a Super Bowl like much like Jimmy G, but he's been healthier and that matters a ton. And he's a former MVP. So what say you, Matt Ryan? What what uh do you think Atlanta should hold on to him? Do you think they should move him? And if so, what what would be the best landing spot? I, I'd move him because you're not gonna win right now with him. And uh I'm a little bit sentimental when it comes to I'm still old school. I like guys who have been in one organization and sort of stay there. I think that's always a really cool story. Uh, but I ain't got no skin in the game in Atlanta. So, yeah, go ahead and trade him, you know. <laughs> so uh, move him to a team that believes. I think uh, the Washington football team, you're, you're right, uh, the commanders. I believe that they believe that with the way their defense is constructed and with their, their weapons on offense, they're just, just one player away. They're just one legitimate quarterback away. Remember, they gave Tampa some business now in the playoffs a couple of years ago when, when the Bucs were on the way to the Super Bowl. I think that they believe they're just one guy away from challenging in that uh, that division and possibly uh, making a run at it. So 
definitely their coach definitely had a firsthand look at Matt Ryan for a number of years Ron Rivera when he was mm -hmm. in Carolina uh I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the move uh what would it cost with his age do you get a one for him do you get a two and one of those defensive players for him uh that's probably where I would go I would probably go ask for a two and, and a starter and uh because they have an abundance of guys on the defensive line that's where I go if I was Atlanta and if I was Atlanta I'd be I'd probably zeroing in on Malik Willis that Malik Willis and, and, and maybe Jameis Winston for a year, but I, that's what I would do if I was the Falcons. And you yeah. know who won't disagree? Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. He ain't going to disagree. He's been trying to tell us for years to, that they need to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, no, I, I love that plan. And, and here's why I love Malik Willis, because there's upside, mm -hmm. like a ton of it. Like you Tremendous see the athletic upside. traits, right? Like he's he could be the best athlete on the field and he has a huge arm. And okay, he's not refined. All right. You know what I want when I'm drafting a quarterback early? Upside. And I want to know if you're going to get there. I don't want to flirt with mediocrity if I'm drafting in the first round. Like, Kenny Pickett, what's his ceiling? No. You know, and, and, and that's the part. And people are going to talk about his hand size. I just want to know his ceiling. And that's that's the part of it where, yeah, maybe second round if you're looking to win now and you're one of these teams that just needs a, a plug-and-play quarterback and that's it, you know, the Steelers, maybe, if that's the route they go. But to me – the combo of veteran quarterback, and it doesn't have to be an old quarterback, but a veteran that's started games in the league combined with a Malik Willis makes a ton of sense to me. And uh, it, it is kind of wild, though. Mitch Trubisky, the, the rehab project, seems to have, to be going well because he has a bunch of suitors. What do you think about that? Because he is athletic. Obviously, he's not like Malik Willis. But if I'm a Pittsburgh and I'm eyeing Malik Willis, and there's rumors about that, of course, or Atlanta, and you're doing the same thing, maybe you do move Ryan and clear the decks, sign a Trubisky for one year because he can move a little bit. You wouldn't necessarily have to completely change the offense. You use him as a runner because that's probably what he's best at anyways. And then Malik Willis, if he needs to come in mid-year, if he uh, you know, shows that he's ready to go, then you don't have to completely change things and, and you can get him going. I'm always wary of guys that I liked at one point who – may have gotten ruined mm -hmm. mentally yeah and, and 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 that could that could very well be the case i i still think something's wrong with carson wentz and i saw his stats 64 percent completions 27 touchdowns and seven picks and look they they're like they ain't in a hurry to bring him back that tells you that something happened to him either that or there was always something there that wasn't there that uh we didn't notice and it might be that mm -hmm. way with trubisky trubisky may have had it at one point and maybe he's lost it because of the situation he was in and he can't get it back. Or maybe he never had it in the first place. Either way, I'm weary about putting uh, guys like that in those positions. As long as you have somebody behind him, I'd go ahead, like, like you say, draft a Malik Willis, start out with Trubisky, do whatever you got to do. But I wouldn't bank on him. I would I would not put my season or my job if I was a coach and bank it on a guy like Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. I would do mm -hmm. what you said. I would go young with Malik and then just go with it. And especially in certain cities, I think Atlanta and Carolina will go absolutely crazy for that kid. And the other thing, and I agree with that. The other thing, if you are Atlanta, maybe you don't even do that. Let's say they don't like Malik, right? Or, or they don't like this quarterback class in general. Maybe you just sign one of these guys for a year. Maybe it's a Winston. Maybe it's uh, Andy Dalton. Maybe it's insert whoever. And it's like, yeah, we're playing for Bryce Love. And we're playing for 2023. And that uh -huh. that's painful. It is. But 
the Bengals basically did that in 2019, right? So there's a blueprint that you can the Jaguars say, did it. The Jaguars did it in, in 20. Well, yeah, but that's not a good blueprint as of now. But I get your point. <laughs> hey, yeah, it is. Ain't nothing wrong with our quarterback, man. Wait a minute. Hold I didn't, on. Ain't I didn't say that. Tra- ain't nothing wrong with Trevor, man. Trevor, Trevor, you, watch. You'll see. You'll you see. Dra- I'm not saying anything's wrong with Trevor. You just draft. So you did that just to draft first overall again. That's what I mean. Yeah, that was Urban's fault, though. But I, I got you. You, you. You're right. Urban's you're right. Okay. Yeah, we're going to blame Urban. Blame Urban the whole time. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We ain't going to blame Urban, though. Nah. We're going to blame you if you don't watch the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with my man Eric Crocker and my man Ryan Tracy. They do it. They break it down. Tracy's an analytical dude, man. He's got all these analytics flying all over the place. And Crocker was a former NFL cornerback. So it's an interesting perspective. And it's almost like a picnic when those two get together and talk about the NFL draft. We do it here and we do it on our podcast, but you got to uh, find out when you got to make sure you uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, because those guys are absolutely great at it. James has been fun, man. Obviously on a Wednesday, big news, always dropping Calvin really one day, Aaron Rodgers the next. I'm almost wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy. We'll yeah. see. It's going to be a lot that happens. Buckle up. We'll have you covered here on Lockdown NFL. No doubt. Until next time, James Rapine, Tony Wiggins signing off, telling you to take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.